0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, of the BGE universe. All ears on this one, because this is going to be a good one. Call me Nostradamus. I might might be a prophet on this. Uh, Brendan Martin is my really, really good friend. He's sitting across me. Hello, Brendan.
1: So great to be here. So great to be talking about Elvis. The king. Year of Elvis 2022. (laughs) Let's go. Never thought I'd say that. Let's go. And 2023 if he wins. Yes.
0: And we're going to do a two parentheses of two, perhaps, Mm -hmm. if... uh, Or boy, Austin Butler wins. He's still in character.
1: There's been been an agreement that there will be a surprise if Austin Butler wins. We'll do
0: it it, next. We'll do it next week. We'll do it the night of, and you got to wear your Elvis threads
1: if he wins. costume isn't totally ready yet i
0: mean we could jump into the thing um but also like maybe let's give me a little let's let's background give a little background sure. so you like elvis uh nice. my dog's name elvis and but you love elvis the singer more than i do
1: yeah that's a that's a big question i get it, yeah. it's the big why <laughs> yeah, yeah so when i was little i loved cars trucks everything on wheels like most kids yeah that yeah four and, five and, on the thing. and i was with my um with my go. parents yeah, good. uh in colorado we went to this place actually it used to be in georgetown it was called boogie's diner hmm. it was in georgetown way back in the day and they had a location out in uh in colorado Naskin, colorado and there's this beautiful corvette in there and it was as simple as me looking at the car falling in love with that car and asking my dad whose car was that mm-hmm. and he said it was elvis and i mean mm. who's elvis and that began the rabbit hole of me you know, voraciously finding out everything I could about Elvis and literally falling in love with the music. And, um, and so growing up, I was literally like an Elvis impersonator. I was unbelievable, little. unbelievable, uh, precocious young one. And then I did that until it wasn't cool, <laughs> right around fourth grade. <laughs> and then, you know, you get back to college and you start listening to all this music again, and you realize that the music that you were embarrassed about liking when you were growing up, you
0: that's actually the good stuff. You actually really like him. You don't have the to best, be embarrassed the best about. stuff. Yeah.
1: So he's always played a big role and I and I would always come back to him, you know, with my music, I'd probably listen to him once a month and really dug it, uh, for my entire life. And then um then when they announced this movie, uh, you know, I'd always been really frustrated that there was never an Elvis movie. There was never an Elvis Biopic. It's such an incredible story. Uh you know, one of the greatest American Tradutes maybe, maybe like, I mean, and, great and things
0: have, you have to have like the talent to suit it. It's kind of similar to like, remember like Star Wars obviously came out in the 70s, mm-hmm. but like George Lucas is like, finally the technology is caught up with the vision. Like they, uh, you got to have like, you know, well,
1: it was, the it, talent
0: to, to satisfy, to, to do justice, or I, else it just like turns out crap.
1: I think the biggest thing was how can you watch somebody playing Elvis and not think of an Elvis impersonator?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's yeah, a really yeah. difficult thing yeah, because
1: yeah. it's one of the number one. You know, it's so American kitsch, you know, it is uh Halloween costumes, it's Starboard bad Starboard voices. Yes, the yeah. Starboard and New Beach. Mean, We
0: love like um, Rains, whatever his name but is. But also
1: too the Elvis Presley estate was very protective and they didn't want anybody portraying Elvis in a negative light. And um and so Johnny Depp actually wrote a treatment uh probably about fifteen years ago. And he wanted to play the darker side, the seventies, what was going on and it was uh he couldn't get anything from the Presley estate, got nobody to invest in it. And Interesting. It just, and it just kind of didn't
2: materialize.
0: You got to get the graces of the graces of Graceland or of the uh, Presley estate in order to do it, you're saying?
1: The music. And, kept, they know, kept it tight? Yeah. You know, I, I think um, by now there's been so many great biopics that have, you know, shown the the humanity of somebody that, that finally the estate said, you know, yeah. we're okay with Showing the bad things and the darker side of Elvis. So, yeah, why not? I mean, that we're all human. Yeah, so that movie, um, when they announced it, um, obviously was curious how it was going to be. And then when the trailer came out, I was like, "This is going to be the greatest movie of I all think time." You showed,
0: I think you sent it to me like four times. I mean, it was, I was a, like I got it the first time. The trailer
1: was. It, it's. I still watch it every now and again, and it's an unbelievable trailer. It. Um, the movie itself is a great movie. The trailer is probably one of the best trailers of, our t- of all time. I can put it on. Um, no but I was on. really curious how Austin Butler was going to be as Elvis, and he was just magnificent. He I'm just think, the essence.
0: What was Austin Butler in before? Give me another role he played. He was played.
1: the Tarantino's uh, Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood. Okay, He was Tex, the guy who okay. was the, yeah, 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 the yeah. uh, Manson fam yeah um he had done a lot of I, I actually hadn't heard of him until they announced him for the movie yeah and i think a lot of elvis fans were the same too. yeah he was kind of an unknown like
0: when you watch once upon a time in mexico you got brad pitt and you got um yeah dicaprio and like
1: and he was good as uh osmo was good as tax official but. trailer uh yeah yeah i'll um, put it on i'll tell you it's <laughs> our country itself is sick yeah. but it's lost its
2: sense of direction
1: Oh, we'll get the we'll get the right one. Yeah, you want to do um
0: This one? 2 minutes?
1: No, uh the one on the right. This one? Yeah, try that one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's it. Let's, Let's
2: go. go so there are some who make me out to be the villain of this here story. So, Let's it, a nice good oh, so thing. Are you born with destiny? Or does it just come
0: knocking at your door?
2: This is interesting that like, a lot of people to say, to say,
0: like, say, like, you need to get through the black community or something like that. Welcome. But <laughs> it, 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 was not, it was not It's portrayed as even being a unifier in the movie. I don't know if that was.
1: Well, anything. there's a, lot of about a cultural appropriation like In that moment. The Velvet's words is a boy transform I love the music I grew up with it. Into and that's a superhero. All I so I sang it.
0: That's a lot of his inspiration, right? Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: That's actually a question a very question, so he was my destiny. I wish to promote you, Mr. Presley.
0: Jail. Are you ready to fly? I'm to fly. The 68. ready to fly. The 68.
1: All of America will be
2: talking about Elvis Presley. Oh, I can't move, I can't sing. Some people want to put me in jail. The so well's moving. They might put me in jail for awesome.
0: the that you to in doing covid but <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what you did has been shot to
1: death hey, in memphis you get through covid now you got is a different accent tragedy, but it has
2: nothing Boy. to do with us it has everything to do with us oh my lord my
0: it's the most heart-riching song
2: I've
0: ever oh, talking about this I song. Everyone
2: stole me. But things are too dangerous to say. Sing. Sing. Long before this song, and nobody's gonna remember
1: me. And it was really the story you take, somebody who... I need to get back to her. ...property within a year, you're the most famous person on the planet. And how are you, Oz? I mean, Project. I just hear
0: that making the most of this thing I can. This car all we
2: over in a flash. We made 25 jump seats. You and I. We are two odd lonely children reaching for eternity.
1: And the only war. Can we get a can we get a couple? Just
0: have a one, please. <laughs> <The greatest laughs> show on PES. Amazing. the building.
1: Yeah, it was. I What saw, a great, what a great trailer. I, I went to see it opening night, of course, in New York with my girlfriend. <gasps> of course. <laughs> <laughs> and it really, it was in New York. Yeah. How cool and, is that? Uh, it honestly, the beginning of it was dizzying because we were in IMAX theaters. I didn't. I yeah. was really surprised. Yeah. But it was one of those IMAX theaters where the first ten minutes, if you if you see this movie, I know people that can't get through the first ten minutes because it's very Baz Luhrmann's film making style. It's you know it's I cut scenes. It. I love it's it. An, either you love it or you hate it. It's and it's so
0: passionate. It's so charged with emotion. Like it, it is. I think Greg Gadsby. You know
1: what? Well, what people don't I like I think, understand about this movie, because they're you know, there are people that, that didn't like it, uh, was that this movie is more of a love letter to Elvis. Uh, you have these Elvis fans. I mean, the most flowers that were ever sold on one day in American history was the day that Elvis died. Still. And the press didn't know that it was going to be such a big story. Um, when the press came for his death, they were actually allowed to view the body. There was only a handful there. And then it started pouring out that there were, a gazillion people in mourning in Memphis with flowers lined up on the streets, and you know, it wasn't really understood the impact on pop culture and American right. culture that he he had had. and so I think in this movie, you've got um Baz and his crew. You know, while they took uh, artistic license in some of the scenes, um, it's called they, art. Yeah, they served the larger objective and they got the minute details. As somebody who's
0: the important minute detail, but the important details were conveyed.
1: Not even the important ones. I mean, you look at literally little things on outfits, little mm-hmm. subtle things. The the attention to detail. It was incredible. Yeah. It just really wasn't. So that that really endeared this film to the millions and millions of Elvis fans who, who love the music and love the man.
0: Why do you think that um, so many people came out to it? Why do you think it was so popular? Like <laughs> well, so many, you said, like, the most flowers have ever been sold in America. Well, because um,
1: of what he, he literally... He took something that was in the shadows during the times of um, segregation, and so you've got the majority of America that aren't hearing this fantastic music that's happening... Uh, you know an african-american culture and you have somebody who grew up literally in the ghetto with around all of that and so he brings that to the forefront and you know that's a whole cultural appropriation what does
0: that thing, mean cultural appropriation i'm gonna get it uh, i'll explain it a little bit
1: it's essentially um stealing a culture and making it your own i think that's uh, right. that's the gist okay okay of it.
0: okay, okay. Um, and that's that's what everyone's done throughout history the, and, the Romans imitated the Greeks.
1: And whether you think he did or not it was definitely, I think we can all agree it was unintentional on his part. But what he did was he literally... Out of his, out of out. love. Well, yeah. And if you look at the music that was, I mean, look at the top 10 hits from 1953, 54, 55. And then when his stuff came out in 56, it was just, it shook the world. And yeah. so that started essentially popular music with um you know with what started with Elvis what he was inspired by uh gospel and rhythm and blues he for, you know he furthered that that uh medium and then you have the Beatles and the Rolling Stones that it, they're obsessed with Elvis and blues and all these blues artists and it just you know kept progressing and progressing and you have the 60s and then it blossoms into all these other things and in the 70s when he was touring um you know he he toured a ton around the united mm-hmm. states yeah and people just resonated with him he always came came off as a as a humble kid from tupelo and uh in in the magnetism of the performer i mean all you need to do is watch the 1968 comeback special i mean the guy is just electric and in, uh, in his delivery, in his demeanor. And I think the biggest thing that resonates about Elvis Presley is, and, and you could see it in the movie with Unchained Melody, is everything, almost everything he sang, especially when he was on stage, it was like catharsis. He put what he was feeling into what he was singing. I mean, he's, there's a clip of him in 1972 singing the song Always On My Mind, which is Willie Nelson's song. That's right when he was going through his divorce with Priscilla. She had just broken up with him and he is like you asked the studio when was this when was um march 70? 1972 and they were filming he di- when it, he died 77 right. yeah. and they were filming it because he was doing a movie called elvis on tour and he was literally the studio musicians can attest to this he was going through something in that studio singing those songs and they were all depressing songs they were Yeah, like, a song called separate ways it's a fantastic song always on my mind not by journey <laughs> <laughs> Although that is a great song, yeah, that is a great song. Too. Uh, but um, it was it was almost like you take something in your soul and you make art from it. And his art, it was high art. It was it was feeling art. It was soul art. And people that he there was a quote that he said that you know I want to feel everything that that people feel in life, all those emotions, and he put those in. Um, into his music and people resonate with that. You know, people have really hard times. They have times in their life that are, that are very dark, very happy times, all of these human emotions. And if you really listen to his music, um, you know, other than Hound Dog and Blue Suede Shoes, you know, there's a lot of really deep things that he is able to convey with that voice in the, in the delivery. And it's just it's magnificent. I mean, d-
0: deep, deep things that are almost like universal. Um, uh, the human condition. Yeah, to be able to like to bury your soul. Um, first off, soul music. Okay, I mean, that's what he did to the like studio. get your to to get whatever it is inside and to con- to convey it through words or music or acting or anything, any, any medium, right? To the outside, that's the goal of art. That's the goal of life, I think, and. If you can do that and be fucking excuse my French, really um, true about it, and actually really attempt it, and then and then like achieve a um uh in, in, a, a version of that um because it's never going to be a hundred percent conveyed. There's
1: a great example of that.
0: like that people are, I think are infinitely attracted to it, and this is a really cool line, and I use it on my podcast often. It's like the world kneels before love; it is an awe. Cause like if you see a real expression of a real expression of love, a real expression and projection of your own emotions, it it just stops everyone in their tracks and you ha- and 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 everyone I think is mostly everyone is captivated by that.
1: That song in the movie "If I Can Dream," that yeah. song was written for Elvis during the special, the '68 special, and when he. It was really he hadn't really sang any message songs and that was definitely a message song i mean that was in the middle of Is that right when martin luther king got killed yeah martin luther king had been killed in april of 68 bobby kennedy in june of 68 and he was really affected by that i mean he felt those things and so he grew up he grew up with black american community they, right when they when he recorded that song this song he literally had candles put throughout the studio dim the lights and we Ended up and that's why they have him on the on the floor practicing that song in the movie. Yeah. By the end he was literally in the fetal position on the floor, writhing singing this song.
0: Because he was such a fan of, I would think, Martin Luther King and what he stood for. Of just like equality. Well it was just
1: it was the lyrics of the song. He just believed it. If I can dream
2: of a better land where all my brothers walk hand.
0: He wrote, he wrote uh, this like that's what the, that's what the whole thing like of like um, if, if something's too hard to say sing
1: right yeah that was, it's in the movie yeah this, this I mean that was like, you know, a Hollywood thing but this might have been a real thing
2: It's big things. strong winds of promise that will blow away all the doubt and fear if I can dream of a warmer sun where hope keeps shining, oh, one
1: tell me why. And this is live. Oh, why I'm singing. Uh, we're down in the sound studio. Oh, this is what, 61. 68. 68. Yeah. This is June of 1968. It came out in December of 68. It was the highest watched show on television that year.
2: We're lost in a
1: cloud with too much rain. But those movements this vocal deliver is just, I this is so, you know, Pure.
0: You know, you know, you know, yeah. It's really, it's really good. To
2: dream, you know, kind
0: of the what to dream? Great line, unbelievable. Deep
2: in my heart, there's a trembling question. Still, I am sure that that the answer.
1: This was the song that was chosen to end that special, and it was hmm. the '68 special, right? Yeah, it was. It, well, the reason they called it the comeback special, so as they covered in the movie, basically Elvis was irrelevant for the majority of the '60s. Um, he was the highest-paid actor in Hollywood, but he would churn out three awful movies per year, uh-huh. and by the early '60s, I think,
0: uh, he a, think he was a bad actor.
1: I don't think he, I think he could have been a really good actor had he gotten good. I mean, there's a King Creole is a 1958 movie. It was his fourth movie. He has a fantastic performance in that movie. He really does. And it was, uh, it was directed by a guy named Michael Curtis. I think that's his name. He, uh, I think he directed Casa He directed one of the classic movies and he, it was supposed to be for James Dean. James Dean died. So it became an Elvis vehicle, and he played that rebel. And he was uh, Walter thousand in the movie. It really is a great movie. It was his best movie. Um, he wanted to be a great actor, and he learned everybody's lines for that movie. He took it seriously. And then when he got out of the Army, they just started placing him in these vehicles, that he would sing 10 songs, and there would be girls at the beach. And <laughs> when was he in the Army? You know, the year? Yeah, in March of 68, he was uh, he, he was drafted, and he got out in March of 60. Huh. And he went straight uh, to- Hold on,
0: March of 68? 60. All he right, sorry, March film. of 58. Mm-hmm. He no, was okay, in for two 58 years. to 60, okay. I got you.
1: He was in there for two years uh, in Germany, and when he got out, the initial film was GI Blues, which was this kind of cheesy movie capitalizing on his time in the army, and he sang 10 songs, and- and he did a couple of dramas after that, but they just they weren't they were good performances, but they just weren't great movies. And so, you by 64, 65, you got the British invasion, the Beatles, the Stones, everybody's coming over, and music's changing. And it literally had passed him by. And so, you know, by the time you get to nineteen sixty eight, he is uh, for all intents and purposes uh, irrelevant to American culture. Uh-huh. And so, the colonel, his manager, uh-huh. had negotiated a television special. And, and the way the colonel envisioned it was it would be the family man, Elvis Presley singing Christmas songs. Well, they picked a couple directors. So that
0: was accurate on the, on the movie. That was, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, there was a few things in that kind of scenes that aren't accurate, but the overall gist of it is accurate. And so they got in there and these guys are like, we're not going to do Christmas songs. Elvis needs to be Elvis. We need to kind of tap into that raw, rhythm and blues thing. And uh, and so Elvis, you know, they, they came up with these ideas and Elvis was a part of that. And what they did was uh, they came up with something that was more than the sum of its parts. And the actual special itself, it's got, you know, um, the uh, when they're in the boxing ring and they're playing literally, um, you know, it's, it's the first uh, acoustic set, you know, MTV Unplugged, it's literally the first yeah. time TV unplugged, yeah. and they're playing these songs that he was playing in '55 and '56—the yeah. d- dirty blues, I mean, real dirty blues stuff. And he's up there in the leather outfit, he's sweating his ass off. Literally, the women are swooning in the audience, and he's having a heck of a time. And that's that's kind of stoked the fires that he wanted to get in front of audiences again. Mm-hmm. And so you've got that. You've got the stand-up show,
0: and the the movie portrays that nicely.
1: And Austin Butler. I mean, I never thought you could somebody could play that sixty-eight bit and and capture it and the moves and the essence, and he did, and that was very impressive. And that that um, that's why they called the comeback because that that special put him right back on the map.
0: The comeback special,
1: exactly. And then he and he, he
0: ended with that, correct? Yes. Yeah. That was
1: the that was the last song, and and that was the message song, and then. Immediately after it aired, it aired in December of 1968. In January of 1968, he went to the studio and he essentially was, I'm not singing any songs I don't believe in. We're going to get some good songs. And he had these fantastic writers. Um, It was called American Sound. Um, Chip's Moman was the guy who ran that studio. And he worked, you know, in Muscle Shoals and Aretha Franklin and all these very influential soul and rhythm and blues artists. And they got in the studio and he recorded suspicious minds in the mm-hmm. ghetto mm-hmm. I mean, that was his his greatest album was from elvis in memphis that was before they had album titles mm-hmm. like the beatles were doing album titles mm-hmm. but you know elvis's ilk of singers they weren't they would just slap a title on it mm-hmm. so it was from elvis in memphis and it was that album is uh is one of the greatest albums of all time and he is what was on that? Suspicious Minds? Suspicious Minds in the ghetto, Any Day Now, uh, Long Black Limousine. What well, we just heard was in the
0: ghetto, correct? Or not? No, no, that uh, was that's, If I Can Dream. If I Can Dream, okay. And that
1: was in, that was in the, recorded uh, for the special, so that okay, i already cool. been recorded. All right, cool. But anyway, so he records this. He literally was so into it that so jazzed him up just recording these amazing songs. yeah. yeah. And, you know, he had told Colonel, I want to get back and I want to do live appearances. So he had signed him up to go to Vegas that following August. And right as he's appearing in Vegas, these songs are coming out. And Suspicious Minds was his first number one hit in 10 years. And he was literally went from being irrelevant, you know, uh, basically a year prior to being number one and back in the spotlight. And everybody was crazy about it. You know, the man Elvis was, was back. And, uh, you know, if you see those first few performances in Vegas, uh, they, they capture it in the movie. Um, that was based on a movie called That's the Way It Is, which was a concert documentary that they did um, for Elvis in 1970. Uh, Elvis would go to Vegas, and he would do these month-long engagements.
0: Yeah, a like residency.
1: Yeah, he was the first one to do it. Is oh, this a good one? Oh, yeah. Good version? It's a classic right?
0: That's Vegas, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this
1: is... He put his... This was always the showstopper in the early seasons of movies. It still is. Right. And Austin had a movement coach.
2: There's about... Uh, you can
1: pull up these videos, the side-by-side videos. I put them sometimes out on my Instagram. <laughs> Some people would say more than sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, More than not. Yeah. So, uh, but you can just see the, the incredible work. That Austin Basically up.
0: what you're saying, like... Big picture, oh, so we're still <laughs> Is that like uh, Austin Butler like, did an incredible, incredible? I mean, like almost like Herculean job, task. Have, it is a Herculean task to play, to play Elvis. It's Herculean task to play, say Michael Jackson, but he's a little bit more. But like just like the the huge like stars. Austin like,
1: Butler called it an out of body experience.
0: There you go. It's like it's, it's, board, exactly it's boarding on another world, or boarding on the divine.
1: Well, you're taking yourself out of it. You're putting yourself in such an iconic moment in American music history, and you're—he fell down the rabbit hole. So he, he lived, breathed, Elvis for three years. So when he finally get on that stage, and you, they literally recreated the showroom, and they had you know probably a thousand extras in there, and they're programmed to.
0: You're welcome. React. You're an extra. Elvis. You get to like come in and watch this like insane performance and, by Austin Butler and Elvis. And he's up Elvis there and he's like, I felt like Elvis singing it
1: in the suit, in the rings, in the hair, and come up there and it's, it's happening.
0: It's um, who wrote I and mean, who? not write his stuff, right? A guy
1: named uh, Mark James wrote Suspicious lines. I mean,
0: yeah. He but would, I uh, almost wrote some of the stuff.
1: No, didn't he
0: write that one? That like nope. it was just like the one about Martin the King, or no? Yeah. Okay, fine.
1: He had people write it for him, and he I would decide like if God. he wanted to. If it resonated with him, if he wanted to record it, can't, can't do it all. Can't do it all. Uh, it but you know, in the fifties, when he was coming up, people weren't writing their singers. they not writing their own stuff. Why can't you see? It was country, and some of oh, the you blues do you artists singers, a would be popular in the
0: That's when it heats up here.
1: Oh, yeah. Although it
0: finishes fast. I,
1: too much. I wish they had recorded the first. I mean, he was phenomenal here in 70, but this was his third Vegas engagement. And this is when it started to go off the rails. That because early. Literally, by the end of this engagement, he was incredibly bored. And this is when the pills started. Maybe he should have
0: gone overseas. Maybe that freaking Tom Hanks guy, like let him like spread his wings and fly. Yeah,
1: that'd be a great concept for a movie.
0: That's it, yeah. Is that that's basically the essence of that of the movie? What? You like? Clipped his, clipped his wings. I mean, let him fly, but not fly too uh, far. I mean, that was
1: a motif of the movie. Fly, kind of uh, kept, fly, kept, fly kept over
0: some, the let him fly, but don't fly over. Him no passports you know, or stay in the states
1: but it's incredible because you see him here he's so such vitality uh, this is in 68, yeah so this was uh, filmed in August of 1970 this was his third engagement brother.
2: yeah and uh, and
1: by the end of this engagement I mean, he was, these engagements weren't easy he was 30 days 2 shows a night sometimes 3 so each engagement, he was performing roughly 70 shows in a month. And these are like.
0: That's sick. That's sick, I dude. Mean, that's abusive.
1: I mean, he's getting into every single performance, and by the end of these, he's just spent. 70
0: shows in a month.
1: Okay. It is his monthly, uh, month long Vegas engagement series,
0: That's unsustainable. Obviously, it's unsustainable. Yeah, No Nights Off,
1: Straight. and so...
0: So this is all part of this whole uh, comeback thing. Right?
1: Yeah, this was, he was still kind of in renaissance, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which
0: is like, maybe it also is like his, his uh, prime. Is this, his, like, this is where the best music came out, right?
1: I would say 68, uh, 69. Yeah. Early seventy, that was his, his real prime and what he was doing as a, as a mature musician. I mean, his, his 50s stuff is incredible. Um is that Hound Dog? Yeah, but I, I tend to gravitate towards songs like Trying to Get to You Lottie was Claudy One Night. Those are the more bluesy stuff. And those really kinda get to the raw dirtiness of his sound. And his um, but this whole thing, this show, this was he had some transcendent moments after this. But this is when he started getting for.
2: I can't too much, baby. don't you
0: know? You can do it. You got it. You got it.
1: One of these Have days, you ever done karaoke like
0: some Elvis karaoke?
1: Done. You can sing decent. You have a decent seen, singing voice. Much, I've sang at a couple weddings before.
0: I mean, if you're doing it in front of people, then <laughs> not just in the shower. <laughs>
1: One of these days, Elvis impersonator at the starboard is is in the cards. It's going to have uh, to turn
0: over at some point. Frank Reigns, that's the guy's name, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, he, you know, turn, you know, over, turn, re- turn over, pass off the reins well, he, to he, he, the B reti-
1: He retired. There's a void there. There's a void there. I, know,
0: yeah. I know the perfect person to fill it.
1: But that's the interesting thing about about this little piece in 70 is that this was his, really the last of his being a truly. I mean, he was always a dynamic performer and he always sang with his soul, and that always resonated with people. But in the fall after this, he goes on tour and then he becomes obsessed with police badges and guns. And it's almost like a pathological thing. And the pills start to take over and he meets. Uh, set, uh, what do you mean? Like,
0: uh, what do you mean? I don't get it. So, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. His boredom. Maybe I should let you go, but I'm sorry. Um, his board What did? He, what does he get bored of? Just like doing the same thing twice a night, over and over for a month or whatever. Yeah. And then like, all right.
1: He becomes bored in Vegas, and with him, when I he would do. You would do. When he became bored, uh, he would self-medicate, and so he would. Uh, eventually, it was something like you know he would wake up at three in the afternoon. He would have shots to wake him up some amphetamines shots in the arm yeah shots not in, shots of shots, gin, shots in the rear end <laughs> of what uh of amphetamines um mixtures i mean literally there's a couple books that they before adderall <laughs> he would have been a prime candidate right? yeah uh but he would have stuff to cocaine get him up in the morning no he was not ne- he was never illegal street drugs uh, he would do stuff, to, they would give him stuff to get him up in the afternoon, stuff before the show to get him going, and then he that's right
0: the, the opening scene,
1: yeah. And he had insomnia, he couldn't sleep, so he would have to take something to go to bed. And then over time, that just got worse and worse. But the thing about Fall of 70 was because he got so bored, he started, um, literally his passions and obsessions with the police force, what, and what is that, guns. He always, I mean, he read comic books as a kid, and he always... TCB and Flash. Yeah, yeah. he was always um, fascinated by police work, uh, and and he always wanted, and it was it was quite ironic because somebody who was stoned for much of the time, he was very anti-illegal street drugs, and he wanted to be a federal narcotics agent, and this is, I kid you not, this actually happened.
0: But he didn't do any illicit drugs, though. Uh, he I
1: mean, dabbled in some illicit whatever. drugs but. later on, but... Um, but he always thought if it came from a doctor, it was okay because it was good for him and, and it seems now, in hindsight very naive to think like that, but he didn't grow up with doctors in Tupelo, Mississippi. I mean, he didn't grow up with available health care, and so doctors to him, he always believed had his best interests at heart and he had first started taking um, amphetamines when he was in the army to keep him up for maneuvers and tanks. he would duties yeah. And so they would—I mean, he would take these. Uh, I think they were called Black Betty's. Oh, they were all kind of euphemisms for the pills. But anyways, they'd make you feel amazing. I mean, it was like methadone yeah, right. steroids, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And uh, it would make you feel great. You could do anything, and it, you know they had to be up at five a.m. for mm-hmm. movie calls in the '60s, so mm-hmm. he would take them. And so he slacked off on those in the late '60s as he was coming back to performing. But as the boredom grew. And as uh, the desire to self-medicate came with the boredom, uh, so did his eccentricities. And so he actually went and met uh, Richard Nixon in the White House. Uh, There's actually a couple movies about that, um, to get a badge to be a federal narcotics agent. And he got the badge, which means he could travel with his guns over state lines, by the way, because he was a federal agent. And there's a registry... At Langley about all the federal agents that have ever been, and he's on that list because he actually was a federal great. agent. It's great. Um, but you go from that; he has this high of. of so he's basically like
0: bored, bored yeah. and he like taps into like other some of his other interests. Yes, you know what I'm saying. And, and he would drive
1: like, him to death. Like he would, he would say, "I want horses."
0: Be, be obsessive about it, and you know, he'd become a cowboy because he's a, he's a, a genius. He's and a, he'd
1: buy twenty horses, and and literally ride horses for a year and be like, okay, I'm bored with this. And that's what he would do. And and really the arc of the downfall started in the fall of 70, he becomes bored. He has this obsession with police work and federal narcotics badges and things like that. And he gets nominated as the 10, as one of the 10 most influential young men in America by the JCS, which was a uh, political organization. And this was in January of 71. And he's, it's really a truly, achievement and honor in his life and he actually gave a speech and he and he quoted uh a marvel com a comic actually in the speech um and they actually show that in the movie towards the end when he's in a tux and he's Mm -hmm. making a speech Mm -hmm. but anyways then you go from all these amazing things and the next week he's got to be in vegas and play 70 shows Mm -hmm. you know and it's just it is so. Defeatist. It's a,
0: it's, a, it's a weird dichotomy between like him following these other passions, but then him going back to like all right, let's go rinse and repeat. <laughs> Put and, you he, back. and he felt he had no Doing, control over that. Like
1: and Colonel had made these contracts, yeah. and he was contracted to play five years. Mm-hmm. And and Elvis would never leave the Colonel because Elvis was convinced that he was Elvis because of the Colonel.
0: Like the, like the whole idea of like, I'm going to believe everything the doctor says. Cause exactly. he's from Tupelo, Mississippi, Mississippi, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, all right, uh, yeah, I'm not exposed to like other, like, and you this know, is these the irony larger, of it larger things is that
1: Elvis was a very deep individual. He's very spiritual. He, um, he read, uh, books on theology. He was a voracious reader. Uh, one of his favorite books, uh, was the impersonal life. Um, he was very interested in different uh, modes of thought. And so you have this total dichotomy of somebody who is seeking a free spirit,
0: a free spirit. That's like um, almost like a caged bird.
1: Yeah. And he's looking for something and he is seeking it everywhere except for his own little boundaries of where he can play and where he can't play. And, and that he's got these doctors and he's listening to what they say. Um, and he's basically getting to do, when he gets into the pills, you know, he, I want this, I need this. He finds doctors that give it to him. And, and the colonel, he's listening to what he says. And so, you know, you have this person who wants so much more, yet they can't recognize the power that they have. I mean, he could have literally in a second fired the colonel and he could have gotten a manager. Gotten World tour. Oh yeah. He could have done all that stuff. He didn't think it was possible. He thought that if you left the colonel, he would be destitute. Yeah, he yeah. really felt that. And yeah. It's mind blowing.
0: I mean, yeah, but it's like really human, mm-hmm. right? And like uh, you keep uh, nice uh, it, reiterating the whole fact, like he came from Tupelo, Mississippi, which is small, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he grew up in like the hood or whatever. Like he didn't, he didn't come from much. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, people that like give him an opportunity, and I mean, there's not, it's not wrong to say in the beginning of the movie, it's like. Uh, uh tom hanks basically the colonel is like um they say that i'm the villain but there wouldn't be no elvis presley if it wasn't for me i mean that's that's there's some truth to that that's there's great. some do- there's definitely some truth to that um but if you could like all right thanks for the boost see you later colonel you know um obviously the you know hindsight or whatever um if you could have done that um then he could really self-express like after he's already kind of established but I mean, I mean, he
1: was really attracted to uh, the music of Bob Dylan. He listened to Dylan. Bob Dylan. He hated Dylan's voice, uh, but he listened to the lyrics and the words, and mm-hmm. that really resonated. He's an incredible
0: like songwriter.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. And so when that was happening, you know, Free album comes out from Dylan in '63, yeah. and he's listening to that, and a hard rain's gonna fall, and all these amazing songs. That was listening all the day. He's taking it in. He really was. A true synthesis of mm-hmm. all of his Smart influences. motherfucker.
0: Really freaking he was, smart.
1: He had a native Intuitive. Yeah.
0: Like um, that. I'm I gleaming. Like he wants to express. I mean, before we even got on the air, you're like, <laughs> like flying and wings are a theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I think that's accurate for his life. Right. Yeah. Like he wants to fly. He wants to be a pterodactyl. But he's like, you know, he's not. He's like a sparrow, or he's like, I don't know, maybe an eagle. But he's not a pterodactyl. Like he wants to fly, 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 fly. I mean, when he got his and own he's plane, he just kind of
1: held back. He was like the ability to go. Got his own plane. That's true, right? When yeah, you, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He did the, uh, the Lisa Marie he got it in '76. With the TCB and, and a would, flash on the tail? He literally would fly. He'd be like, We're, let's go to lunch in Denver. And he would get on his plane, and he would go to a place <laughs> Just
0: because he can, because it's kind of like just fun for him. Well, like he had it's the it's sandwich he's place.
1: not used to. It was called the Gold Mine, and he would get the Fool's Gold Sandwich. And the sandwich was literally a massive bread loaf filled with peanut butter and like jam and deep fried. And he would literally leave Memphis at like... Eight o'clock at night, and grab "quote unquote" lunch from Memphis, Tennessee 10 to Denver. Denver. Yeah, and Great. grab it, and he would cater it and have champagne for everybody there. Even though I didn't really drink. Yeah, and then he'd fly home at one, go to bed. It's amazing, dude. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was he. But it was the motif of flying away in in this comic book, you know, Marvel Superman thing. That really was something that Baz Luhrmann tapped into in the movie, and most people don't realize that, don't pick up on it because it's 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 for people who really know Elvis, and like so it's you, lost you on a lot of people.
0: <laughs> like I'm becoming.
1: I mean, that movie is 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 a love letter uh, to Elvis. It's an homage to him. Oh,
0: that's so special, and, man.
1: And the traditional components of a biopic yeah. are not there. And so that's, I think that's where the mix in reception comes from.
0: I understand, yeah, yeah. I um, but like to bring up, I mean, it makes sense because um, it's kind of like more of a, a specific. This is like this is my mission to do this thing for Elvis, like you say, a love letter for Elvis, mm-hmm. um, and it's not going to run narr- narratively, narrative wise, the same as other biopics run, mm-hmm. um, because Elvis deserves more uh he deserves his due i'm not saying uh, comparatively but but, yeah, but i am <laughs> but he's well, the freaking it's, king it's hard there's nobody like it. there's no one like elvis before elvis there's nobody like elvis in who was like elvis that? before elvis
1: and there was no elvis before elvis see <laughs> it, it, the movie was two and a half hours long a lot of people thought it was too long there was they didn't get into so many things they could have gotten into because elvis life was just too big and too complex I mean, you had multi-part series. In in my opinion, I think a great uh, movie um, would be focusing on a period, like the late '60s into the '70s, -hmm, decline. mm -hmm. Yeah, period. Because there is just really so much, uh, so many layers to his decline and what led to that, and how that fits in with the context of America during that period. I mean, it really against the backdrop of what's going on. It's really interesting when
0: do you bring up the whole the idea of the airplane like when i fly mm-hmm. i find it so th- therapeutic you know mm-hmm. lack of a better word um i did the same thing with like, driving. like and you know, I, I it's just it's you're interest. alone exactly yes 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 um uh, but what's even better about a plane is like you don't have to do anything you just sit i love getting the window seat i look out the window i do whatever the heck i want to do i write a lot i i, I read you know i just do me i do me and you're you're not you're not gonna sit next to anyone that you know, or whatever. So it's just like it's it's very. Um, so when so, I
1: drive by myself, I don't have to sit sit next to somebody I know or don't know. Correct. You don't. Know, you don't. Know, exactly. It's, the, it's
0: it's 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 it makes sense when you say that he jump on an airplane and draw and and fly. It's the most American for thing. a couple of ideas, for a couple of hours. What am I even saying? A couple of hours from one place to another, and be like, and the fact that you haven't that. It, he hasn't, he got an air, he bought an airplane, whatever It it's makes. That's his therapy session. It's the you most know, American thing. To isolation. Get, over, to get away from all the noise. Get up
1: and go where you want, when you want yeah. is the most American of things. Freedom. And yeah, freedom. Yeah. You know, and it's, and for people who kind of need that alone time and to think about things and to do things and thinkers to get feelers, away, you know, you know, that's an important thing. I mean, I love my, my drives. I mean I'll take uh <laughs> yeah, four hour, will. seven yeah, hour you trips, <laughs> you know, go see places, listen to music and and do little mini tours. I mean, I love that. Have that a is... trip.
0: That's why they call it getting high. Having a trip. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And also like it's interesting that the word method, English word method comes from the Greek, which is which is translated on the road. So like method wise or like where ideas come a lot of oftentimes ideas and brain stimulation um and highness not drugs necessarily but like it comes from the idea of movement you know what i'm saying and obviously back in the greek times they weren't flying so the only way to to create movement is to be on the road
1: the emotion it, Ro- lo- st- lo-
0: locomotion. Move,
1: move, move. My favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes of all time is uh, Rolling Stones gather no moss.
0: <laughs> it's so good, dude. It's so good.
1: It, it's true. And he was a Rolling Stone.
0: okay yeah. I gotta go to the bathroom. All right, we're back. Feels so much later Glad to be back. Yeah. What are we talking about? Elvis, the king. All right, so. What do you want to pick up? We're all aware of like TCB. Not all, but. If, if anyone's out there doesn't know, TCB in a Flash—that's his logo. He puts it on. You put it on everything, right? Mostly everything, and it's taking care of business in a flash.
1: And right, which has a comic book connotation. The, the, the,
0: the Flash. Shout out to the Flash, right? Yeah. And was he was he fat? Was he fast runner? It was uh, kind of portrayed in the movie. Did he, have, did, he did he have actually a, a a lightning necklace like back in the day? Oh, yeah, no, no, used... no, no, no. Back in the day, when he was a kid. Uh, when no, he was no, a kid, no, no. that uh, was that was that's the hype of, it up a little
1: bit. When he became, when he's the pills when they started to take over he had this kind of thing about uh, the grandiosity of himself i mean he became a different person and uh he wanted to design you know he got the sunglasses yeah and then he designed the logo actually priscilla designed the logo he always tcb taking care of business i don't know how they came up with it but they did and they created these necklaces so freaking cool. distributed them to his lackeys the memphis mafia and huh. uh yeah and it became a, a, Phenomenon, and it's still going today. What do you
0: mean, this Memphis mafia?
1: What are yeah. lackeys? Uh, so he had his yes men, yeah. I, I shouldn't say yes, I men mean, because yeah. these guys he didn't so he Graceland had, is in Memphis, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. had a very insular life yeah. and circle, and the, there were guys that he had known from when he was growing up in the army, and they were his security, they were his team, they were his um. Entourage, if you will, mm-hmm. and so they weren't. They get portrayed as yes men, especially in the movie, and to some extent they were because he employed them. And they, they if if not for Elvis, would not be doing all this these bossy. neat
0: things. It's what it is with like a lot of most all successful yeah. you know musicians so, or whatever it might be. But they used to wear
1: these black mohair suits in the '60s and look very mohair maf- mafioso. Yeah. And so somebody somebody uh, called them the Memphis Mafia, and it cool. stuck. I like it. And, alliteration and Elvis, power there. Yeah, when <laughs> Elvis was doing his whole badge thing, they all got police badges and they all got guns mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, yeah. And I've met I met actually a few of them down at Graceland. I went uh this would have been I was there for the 30th anniversary of his death in 2007. That's so freaking
0: cool. 2007?
1: Yeah. And that was the 30th anniversary of his death. He died in 77. And you've uh, been all
0: on board Elvis since
1: yeah, a long time. The beginning. And uh and they had his crew there, and so I got to meet and ask him questions, and it was interesting. Podcast I got some them autographs, and I'm not big on autographs or anything like that, but the ones that I do have will be framed at some point. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Hope so. So yeah. So
0: the whole idea of like, all right, so you know, wings and flying. Does he have wings? So I mean, the, his his main logo is he's being a flash, right? Yeah. And um, he,
1: you know, the other wings too. One of his most iconic jumpsuits. And what people call his last great achievement, which I think is kind of overrated, was this uh, 1973 concert, Aloha from Hawaii. That was the first satellite concert broadcast around the world.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it was seen by over a billion people. uh, And this was January 1973. And for that concert, he wanted a jumpsuit that just said America century. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm As a motif, he loved America, and he had American Eagle on it with wings. He came out deal.
0: his his coming. Oh, this play, this play is coming out music. How kind of
1: about that
0: also. <sighs> exactly Strauss, <laughs> and then but it's from you know it's it's from uh, yeah Nietzsche yeah Yeah. um which is like play, will, will play, to power. Play
1: the one from the movie where he goes from yes, that yes, into please. American trilogy. It's on the soundtrack on Spotify. It's uh,
0: uh, is it from the beginning? Yeah, it's uh, it's, it uh, yeah, it's the beginning of the movie, right?
1: Yeah, it's the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Here. Um, but it's got, but that has dialogue over it. You should go to Spotify and I okay. just play the right, uh, audio. I'll, do that. Of I'll it. do that. I'll do that. It's um, but the way they do it is they take his intro music that he would come on stage to, and they meld it to my favorite Elvis song or one of two favorite Elvis songs, American Trilogy, which I think is the greatest. What? You, I was, that was
0: one of my questions. Like, what is your favorite
1: song? I've got well, song. I've got a few, but can you do it? There. Can you do it? Can uh, you distill it to one? <laughs> I can distill it to five. <laughs> all right, fine, we'll take that. But American oh, sorry. American keep, Trilogy keep is is one of two. It's American Trilogy and a song called Never Been to Spain, which was written by Three Dog Night, actually. Love it. And Elvis adapted that to his Vegas show in 1972, and he only played it. Actually, Austin Butler sang it in the movie, but they cut the scene. And uh, hopefully they come out with the extras at some point. There we go. This is
0: from Spotify,
1: right from the movie soundtrack? Is that right? Yep, that's right. All right, good. This is what he did. I mean, this would get him so pumped up coming out on stage. Wouldn't it get you? And, and <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, I know. It's,
0: it's it's so iconic.
1: My mom actually saw Elvis in 1972, in April of 72. And she doesn't remember anything from it. I'm so pumped. <laughs> like, she was high. Was <laughs> no, she was very anti-drug. <laughs> but she was there, with, uh, and said so it was very entertaining. But when I asked specifically. This is where it goes transfers into American Trilogy which is incredible. So more LED? Yeah. That's the name of the song? No, it's called American Trilogy. It's the most three songs. Yes. This is Dixon. this Dixie? Dixie's the first part. American Trilogy? Okay, how
2: bad.
1: Time. Got him. Just every time. Oh, just—it just resonates. I mean, if some people got it, got it,
0: some people don't. It's, it's, and it's, it's, like that's
1: th- like Solar Plex right
0: there. You know, tar- speaking of Solar Plexes, st- talking, of, talking about, of, speaking of um uh, Suplexes. <laughs> so, thus Sp- Spock, Zarathustra, mm-hmm. is the opening or is the entrance music for Ric Flair. Back in the day, I mean, I don't know, he probably still, the, still does uh, wrestle.
1: There was a yes, there there was a variation for because I was a wrestling guy too. Mm-hmm. It's Big not time. the exact same one though. I mean, there's no Mer- American Trilogy. <laughs> in other. Well, so so American Trilogy <laughs> is the melding of three songs, and that's why it's called Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Let's go. It was all my trials, and then God, what was the third one? But anyways, it's all put into one song, and Elvis introduced it in 1972, and it's just to him, it just uh, it was America, you know, yeah. for him, and it was all his influences, and that is that song right there. Really, I mean, I listened to that song probably every July Fourth at least ten times. Uh, it's the melding. Uh, uh, no, 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 just the, the American history. trilogy. Without they, they did that for the movie oh, American, American trilogy on itself is just such a beautiful song. I want American trilogy. If you want to, play uh, I'll, it, uh, I'll, I'll put it on. I'll tell you which one to put on. Yeah, you will. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, no question or
1: that. Look at the one from, uh, it's the album cover. It's light blue, and Elvis is striking a pose in a jumpsuit. Right here, boy. Let's go.
0: I have, yeah. cried, I have cried
1: in this song, by the way, before. You have what? I have cried in this song before. Good. good. I mean, Cri- some, cheers are good. Cheers sometimes are good. it's good to get a good cry Tears Cheers out. are good.
0: I
2: wish I was. In the land of cotton. Oh, come
0: on, let's go.
2: Old times there are not forgotten. Look away, look away,
1: look away. Dixieland.
2: Dixie land.
1: And he's got the, the Stamps, which is a oh, male gospel group within his band.
2: Sure. For How about this for a big, uh, poster? I,
0: so I want, I that. I want that. I want that. I've got a, yeah. I want that. <laughs> Early Lord, one frosty Big
1: time.
2: Look away,
1: look away. When this is when it goes yeah. to the next part of the song. Look, look away, Dixieland
0: transitions to yeah. the second part of the trilogy to uh,
1: all my trials
2: oh, thank you. Oh, hallelujah
1: so much power glory,
2: glory, hallelujah
1: give me some horns give me some horns glory, glory.
0: Everything's falling over. Everything's falling at the feet of him. Look, yeah. Elvis. If
1: I was in my car, I'd be screaming the song at the top of my lungs. <laughs>
0: Just keep your two hands on the wheel, please.
1: Here's <laughs> the third part, yeah, right?
2: Don't you cry. You know
1: It's Dixie, All My Trials. to die to battle him in the republic and then all my trials this is all my trials But all which was an old slave. my
2: trials lord
1: so
0: That's his, root. Then, that's his roots
1: and then it builds to the orchestral that's his roots climax
0: it roots in the south
1: That soul right there—that is it's really that incredible. Is, it's incredible. Yeah, it, it just—you know—he and every time he sang that, I mean, you, you can see it in the footage that's out there. He feels every every bit of that song, and it reminded him uh, how lucky he was. I mean, he—that's part of the reason he never left Colonel. He thought his life was a fairy tale. Correct. Even when it was as dark as it got, he realized of how lucky he had gotten and and how lucky he had it that you know he didn't have to worry about money that he didn't have to worry about a place to sleep that he had all these things and he felt that when he sang those songs Mm -hmm. he sang a song like that you know and there's other songs in his repertoire and we'll uh attach a little spotify playlist to this uh podcast yes please gives uh 10 quintessential elvis songs that you wouldn't hear on a day-to-day basis but uh yeah that i think that's the big attraction Um, And that they capture in the movie is the depth of his soul and the depth of the person and his ability to convey that as an entertainer, you know, was just unparalleled. Because you think of the word entertainer, you think (laughs) of like, especially Vegas, like Mm -hmm. Wayne Newton, somebody Mm -hmm. who entertains people. Mm -hmm. Well, Elvis was, he entertained like crazy, but he. He just sang with his soul. He bared it all, and he was everything that is human. Well, the cool the
0: cool thing about it, what you what you iterated earlier, is that like he was Vegas for you know multiple years and everything. Did the residency thing for a month and played uh, probably too many shows, but um, Vegas got stale on him, mm-hmm. and I think early, any, any, early on too. That 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 says a lot. You know, that's a canary in a coal mine. You know, it's like the, the the reality of like he's got more to do than just sit in the, in the desert and in the mirage or wherever it might be and play the song uh, set after set of the same stuff. Same songs. You know, because his mind is like a butterfly; and it has wings. <laughs> you know, the whole wing idea. I mean, he played. I And Vegas. like he wanted to keep. He he yearned to keep going. You know, um, but for whatever reason he was kind of kept there for you know a bit or whatever well colonel had
1: a gambling problem i mean that was and that's right in the movie that he had to keep playing vegas to pay his debts and elvis played vegas month-long engagements in 69 in 70 he played two and 71 he played two of those in 72 he played two of those and those were all month-long engagements 73 Mm -hmm. and then in 74 they cut it when he had some health scares he had an overdose and the fall on what, of 73 he was getting what
0: are these first what are these pills are they like just like painkillers uh, that, that sort of thing Uppers like? and
1: downers so you got placidils you had uh Dilaudid, which was literally kind of like synthetic heroin in pill form don't um, do this is
0: the, the public service now don't do drugs
1: uh, codeine vicodin valium you name it he took it and he was getting this is kind of crazy he was getting these acupuncture treatments. He was big in karate, and so he got big in a kind of Chinese yeah, yeah, medicine yeah. and all that stuff. And he started getting these acupuncture treatments like almost daily. And but they weren't done with an acupuncture needle; they were done with a syringe. And they mm. were done with a syringe because they were acu- They were treatments with Demerol, Demerol treatments, and then a little cortisone to get the swelling down mm-hmm. and to not hurt as much. And he became what's de- what's Demerol. Well. Demerol is like a very, very heavy duty, like painkiller, yeah. pain good type thing. And he, um, in, I think it was October, right after the divorce happened in 73. So the actual clothes that Austin Butler's wearing in that last scene in the, mm-hmm. in the, uh, limo, that's what Elvis and Priscilla looked like when they were walking out of the divorce court when it was the final decree came through. And literally, like five days later, Elvis was rushed to the hospital. He was, um, I think the medical term is uh, edema or edem. It's like when you're cushionoid. So he was retaining so much fluid that he couldn't breathe. And they rushed him to the hospital. And he literally, he was very, very close to death. And they figured out that he was addicted to Demerol. And so they had to put him on methadone uh, to detox him. Yes. And to wean him off. And so that was the first really, really big scare. And then the next season at Vegas, so that happened October 73, so January 74, it goes back and they, they reduce the uh, engagement to two weeks on his doctor's orders, but it's still two to three shows a night for 14 days. insane. He does that. He's trying to be healthy and trying to stay off the pills, but you know, again, he's getting bored and. Shooting out chandeliers in his hotel room, he literally would shoot out televisions. With the, with the, with the yeah, with a what
0: Which was portrayed in the movie, correct? He
1: was. Oh yeah, he was lucky to kill somebody. Literally, the end. yeah. yeah. Um, and then that year, Sheriff, Sheriff really, Presley. Yeah. He actually pulled somebody over once.
0: I'm not <laughs> even great, kidding. No, great.
1: yeah. He would have this his light
0: interesting, in his car. Interesting idea. Like why uh, he didn't like get into alcohol that much.
1: He drank a little bit in the uh, in the fifties. And in the 60s, every, occasionally he would drink and then get drunk. Yeah, but he just, it wasn't for him. And he was stoned most of the time, anyways. He didn't need it.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And yeah. so,
1: uh, but yeah, he, uh, but that's really when people, uh, talk about the decline, they're talking about 73, 74 through 77. The decline really started happening in 1970. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then that's when he started to put on weight. Yeah. He was his, um, uh, He actually wasn't fat per se uh, when it started. When he started to put on weight, his his stomach was distended because he had literally a uh, genetic uh, megacolon. I mean, Mm -hmm. he had some really serious health issues. And the drug use just totally impacted that. And so then by 74, he just started putting on crazy weight, couldn't do anything about it. He also had the worst diet in the world. Like... Really? Oh, my God. Well, I just eat peanut butter and jellies. <laughs> fried. Oh, man. He would I mean, he wow. would eat meatloaf every night of the year for a year.
0: I love meatloaf.
1: And he would have eggs, bacon, bread. It's not everything. like he would,
0: he's not going for runs, but like his concerts were a workout.
1: They were a workout. Um, but I mean, God, I mean, you probably know this. When I eat like crap for two days, yeah. I feel it. Like,
0: cout. Me, cout
1: setting night, in. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah <laughs> but, um, but he ate that every single day. I yeah. mean, he would eat mountains of ice cream. He would, And it was feel good, too. I mean, it was a lot of depression eating after a while.
0: And also when you're on these different drugs or whatever, um, then you get the munchies or just like you do things he, that you he wouldn't. Was lucky. You you'd think, you'd do things out of character. He
1: almost suffocated in soup multiple times.
0: I think that. He
1: literally would. The drugs would hit him and he'd be eating and he would literally his head fall the soup. To, yeah. Sorry, that's Not a funny jokes. story
0: about my dad. <laughs> so my dad was down in Florida at like um I like think Joe Stonecrab or something. Yeah, yeah. And right. my mom and my dad were out like having a freaking day, mm-hmm. <laughs> indulging, you know. And like they sat down at Joe Stonecrab with my mom, obviously. Um they were together. They were, maybe they were engaged or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and then my mom's parents down there, Ed mm-hmm. and Peggy Webster. And <laughs> Something he, uh, my dad was overserved. Obviously, it's not his fault because you got they overserved me. It's their fault, not me. It's their yeah. fault. And he was just like, oh, I don't know if it's like a total like sort of like like hyped up sort of like story, or whatever. Yeah. But like it's funny to think about. Face like just, just like all right, I've, hit, I've had enough. but is shutting down. <laughs> yeah. It's not, All right, make sure you get a snorkel yeah. so you don't drown.
1: Yeah, with, with Elvis, it's a little more a little more dangerous because he would also too. Your esophagus slows down when you are yeah. on those meds, and yeah. he would. Literally, at the time, his, his girlfriend, Linda Thompson, who he dated from 72 to 76, she saved his life about four or five times uh, pulling stuff out of his throat. I mean, it, it was really a... It was awful. It was a dark time, he man. Was, if you see at the end of uh, Austin Bell, or, or the movie, when he's in that jumpsuit and he's singing... Um, what's his name? Uh, last song. On Melody. Yeah, on Melody. Melody. Uh, he looks awful, um, and he just literally... Um, by that time, was just a shell of himself. He was a very, very sick man. Like, he should not have been going on stage the final two years. To get up on the stage, they had to give him these drugs, literally, for him to even be able to move. You know, and you can just say, he's out of it, and he's walking on stage. He could still be very dynamic, and that and that unchained melody they have at the end of the movie is We're gonna play so a minute. raw. It is so powerfully... It's the best. Dude. I mean, and he's feeling everything that he's singing there and this is somebody who literally should be in a hospital bed out on stage propped up by oh, steroids basically oh yeah that sort of thing singing, Just keep the heart going singing his heart out and heart was, can only do so much cathartic form. yeah yeah
0: yeah um i, mean, I, I think i think i think it's I think it's, a, I think it's a kind of like a modern not a say modern marvel but a marvel that he made it to 42 oh yeah like I'm, surpri- have, I'm surprised. He, he like, could have died. Six when, years ago, so yeah. when did so he started like really hit the, the explosion hit in '56. So how old yeah, was he in '56? Like at 25? Is he 25? No,
1: no, 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 no. He was born in '35. So he's 21. He was young.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay. first
1: recorded the big first hit was "That's All Right, Mama," and that's in the movie. Okay. And that was recorded. I think, that's like All Right, 50, Mama. Yeah, 55. That's
0: like. All Right with Me. Yeah. That's
1: such a good one. Oh no, that's oh. a good one. Um, I like Trouble too. Uh, trouble's great. That's what
0: yeah. I sent you that picture today. I'm like, yeah. I love that scene because, like, that's when it in the movie when he's like, Fuck all you guys, I'm not doing the Christmas thing. Okay, this is what I am. All those, I'm scenes, shaking my hips, and they're all the girls are gonna throw their underwear up on the stage. That's who I am. Those and start a whole cultural revolution.
1: Those music scenes that Baz does and the way he presents them in the movie mm-hmm. are worth the price of admission. Alone. Yes, I mean, they're just. You have the, Sometimes
0: I describe the movie as it's one large, one long trailer.
1: It's that scene. It's a '68 comeback special. Yeah. It's a '70 scene. Those scenes yeah. are incredible. Let's put on. And I, that's that's, that's why my I think mama. you should win best actor because you know you, in acting, and obviously I don't that's have a PhD right in me. acting, but you tap into something.
0: You got, you got a master's have. though, uh,
1: not a doctor yet, but. You're playing, he's playing something that is so historical and you have footage of every single thing and he's acting and he's doing those things and making it his own, but his own in the sense that he is Elvis. It's, it's, it's literally mind blowing.
0: It's never been done before. It's unprecedented stuff.
1: And the moves, only Elvis could do those moves. Now Austin Butler and Elvis can do those moves.
0: (laughs) I'm still taking lessons. It's like, but it's like, I could never get those.
1: I think. When, when I when I become an Elvis probably impersonator, not. I would have to work for two years, with a movement. he you know, work like uh,
0: like like Austin Butler did for three years on his accent. You'll I, get it. I'm gonna make some money first. <laughs> oh, let's make some money, boy. Uh, but like, um, what still like will probably always flabbergast me and be so impressive to me is that like there's no there's no blueprint, there's no scouting report. This is how you do it. Elvis was the first person that did it.
1: You need to see The Searcher. And I recommend this for anybody who's still listening to this podcast. Hopefully there are a few. Of you Legions of thousands. You should listen. You should watch The Searcher. and It's on HBO. And they say that. Tom Petty says that in the documentary. He goes, there was nobody before Elvis. He was the blueprint. Nobody knew how to navigate. How things. do you do that? Yeah. He you know, lived to
2: well, well, 42.
1: That's pretty impressive, bro. Yeah. Well, so Austin Belt is actually singing this Which well, is amazing because he never right. sang in his life before this Ever COVID helped <laughs> you
2: ain't <laughs>
0: And they're all like, hey, just stick to the script Play the Christmas carols He's was, like, fuck it
1: No, so this is separate This is different This is 56 This is Trouble, right?
2: A lot of yeah
0: numbers. This is what I love No, 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 here we go Of you gotta listen to the people that you love Let's go
1: this scene is a, an amalgamation of multiple end, shows that he had in 1956. Okay. One of which, where he hunts well, the RCA stuffed animal dog, which got him in a lot of trouble. He actually did that on stage and he had a little bit of it in the I'll scene. The that was extremely tonight. controversial in 1956. <laughs> You're, looking You're, looking
2: You're looking for trouble?
0: Come to the right place. To the right place. <laughs> this is so George Thurgood. Look right in my face. I was born up.
1: This is good and the Beale Street scenes are fantastic. Oh. Now some Elvis fans got upset at this because this song had wasn't recorded until 1958. This is supposed to happen in 56.
0: It's all art. Life's art. Okay? The, the whole idea of like non fiction is not. Everything's fiction. It's all written whiskey. by infallible I humans. Kind of They're uncountable. Flesh, Flesh and bones. The only real thing that exists is heart and passion. It's heart. You got it. Heart and soul. To take whatever exactly what is inside of you and just to do it, to project it out like a fucking light, to live it. In it's only
1: only really matters. People didn't know what to do. We made them feel something inside themselves that they hadn't felt previously, and that's what music does. It builds people. Oh, oh,
0: to <laughs> One of the coolest scenes is like when the girl starts swooning. It's like, oh. it's like fain- fainting. He's shaking his hips. What a bold... What a bold cat.
1: I mean, he was just doing what he felt. And he didn't oh, think there was anything you. wrong with thank it. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you, thank
2: you. Uh, now would be a good time to, to get back into the car.
1: You know, he's almost the antithesis of so Many people in pop culture today, and just throughout the years of you know doing what you think the people want, which he did, but the it's reason started
0: he, the whole animal right here. Well, yeah, that's
1: right. Uh, but the reason he was so was he was doing what he thought, he didn't, he, he was true to himself, he wasn't trying to do things because he thought it was cool, he just was doing it because that's what that was him.
0: He soul talking, you know, me. soul singing,
1: yeah, it was. Why, Why and that's didn't he- it's so identifiable in music, in, in all across in music. I mean, I was just at a Tedeschi truck show on Friday night, and it's like going to church. I mean, it really is. I mean, you, you know, you got the gospel music there. You have the R and B. You have the, just it's just feeling music, and people feel that. Uh, whether it's you know, hip-hop, or whether it's going to a any type of show. Real gets through.
0: Re- real gets through. There's exactly. no filter for real. Real gets through.
1: Authenticity. Yep. That's, that's what it is. 100%. Mm-hmm.
0: The, kneel, the world kneels before love. Mm-hmm. It's a moment. Yeah. We're, we're perplexed by it.
1: And that's what, that's what the movie tries to portray, it is the authenticity sense. of the man yeah. and the soul of the man, yeah. and how that impacted the music and, and, and how he delivered it. And I think it does a wonderful job of like that and I think Austin Butler does a magnificent I've, I think I've said that three times but he does an incredible job of feeling that music.
0: It's a, it's a it's a, a marvel like or it's interesting how Baz Luhrmann Australian right mm-hmm. um f- found or who, so whoever found Austin Butler and be like all right, you're going to be our guy. Well, it's funny we are going coach you up and teach you up and you learn the accent and all that stuff.
1: Austin Butler um. Somebody the week before it was announced that Basil Luhrmann was going to film an Elvis movie. One of his, I think, it was the girl he was dating at the time was like, "You need to play Elvis." It was something. I think he was singing along or something. To, Bo- so to Butler, right? He did. Yeah, yeah. he recorded. Um, he wasn't on Basil Luhrmann's radar. He recorded a demo. Of him doing "Love Me Tender," which was Elvis's. That's right. He told me this, or I heard this. Movie, yes, yes. And he he didn't like it. He didn't. He watched and he was like, "I'm just doing an Elvis impression." So, okay. Austin Butler lost his mother when he was 23, as did Elvis. And he literally woke up in the middle of the night, threw in a bathrobe, walked downstairs, and sang, literally a cathartic, tears in the eyes, uh, on Chain melody. And that is what got him the role Jesus Christ because he resonated with it. I mean, Austin Butler felt that. And so that kind of got him into the role. And then when they started filming, that's when Tom Hanks got COVID. He was like patient zero for COVID for celebrities. And so they were filming in Australia and everybody went home. That was an American, went back to, you know, America, United States. And, um, and, uh, Austin Butler stayed in Australia and just went down the rabbit hole of Elvis. Watched everything he could, read everything he could, spoke like Elvis. By the time they got back to filming, he he was like, people were amazed. They were like, oh, my God, this guy. And, you know, he gets a lot of shit for still having the accent. Kid, right, who okay? cares. When you're talking in that voice. Because you want it to be real and authentic. What I'm Dan Davidson, senior editor for Gold sorry, sorry with Austin Butler, who plays Elvis Presley and Baz Luhrmann's epic film. Elvis. I'm trying to find. Sorry. Austin, uh, I don't know if it's I out there. I want
0: to hear this interview. I don't know if it's out there. Him, his audition video doing it. Okay. You would do. I've
1: looked. I've looked. Yeah, but it's. But but like also
0: You tell me. Let me let me throw some at you. Um, his. Mom, like, recently died or something like that? She died when he was Austin, 20, Austin Butler. Yeah. yeah she yeah, died
1: yeah. when he was 23, which I guess and would have been probably six or seven.
0: Yeah. Some reason. Before. And, like, uh, the song somehow tied his emotion with that, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, he was just, you know, I don't know if it was. Sorry. Yeah, that's,
1: what, that's what it got. He tapped into something in his soul that yeah. he resonated with. And that got him the role. And that's what made him just incredible in this role. And hopefully, uh, who knows? He might get an Oscar next. He's going to get an Oscar. Let's go. Well, I told you. I told you what I'd do if he wins the Oscar. We're
0: going to do it. (laughs) Let's put it out there for all the legions of thousands.
1: You say it in your own words, words, sir. Well, so I've always been bugged by people doing Elvis (laughs) for Halloween and not doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So when the movie came out, uh, it kind of reignited the whole Elvis thing for me. And it was always the movie that I'd always waited for. I'd always was like flummoxed. Patently. why there was never an flummoxed. Elvis movie flummoxed uh <laughs> yeah. and many other adjectives um and so you know I started the movie came out and Beautiful started listening day, a lot of Megan. Elvis a lot more and then I was like you know what like god when I was little all, all I wanted was to be Elvis when I was little literally that's like what do you want to be when you grow up I was like Elvis um, Fireman. oh never mind Elvis, <laughs> Elvis. Uh, and so I was like you know what I'm gonna spend the next year piecing together the ultimate Elvis costume. Let's go. And it, uh, as is wont to happen with me, uh, I fall down rabbit holes. So there's a big rabbit hole there. Uh, as I did Mr. To do Presley. A, I wanted to do it right. <laughs> so you got, you got the rings, you got the bracelets, you got the necklaces, you got the suit, you got the hair, you got all this stuff, and that shit ain't cheap. <clears throat> so I've had to really kind of temper it to make sure that Like, okay, this is stupid if I'm spending this much money on something like this. Um, And you know what? It's something you love. But I did find, I did find the guy who made the jumpsuits for Elvis, um, Bill Ballou, he had a company called B&K Enterprises, which is still managed by his children. Mm -hmm. And they make jumpsuits for Elvis tribute artists. They call them ETAs. And so for the movie, B&K Enterprises made these jumpsuits and they're pieces of art i mean they're Mm -hmm. beautiful Mm -hmm. and they can be upwards of five thousand dollars each i mean they're Mm -hmm. not inexpensive Mm -hmm. by any means and so i'm looking at these suits and i'm like god i gotta get one of these but keep putting coins in the piggy (laughs) bank um and so I've been looking on eBay, and uh, sure do you enough,
0: want you want like in your house, or can you just go to like to like the costume, jeans costume, and just rent a Elvis costume? No, thing. no, no. You no, want no, it in these, your house?
1: No, these you can't rent these. Okay, never no, they, mind. They're they cost- are, the real thing. The, custom- re- the real deal stuff. These suits are custom made. Okay, they get your measurements. They you're gonna you're scratch. gonna keep it for life because you're gonna
0: be you're gonna be the next you're gonna be the next, well, Frank, Frank Raines. You're I gonna be at starboard.
1: You're gonna I, be the guy. Yeah, well, I didn't buy it new. Let's just say that. But
0: but came You want to have it
1: my feed on eBay at an incredible discount. And unfortunately for me, the measurements measured up and (laughs) one night after a few, too, made the measure (laughs) one night after a few, too many cocktails, I decided to pull the trigger on it. So I have one um, that I feel like it should be in like a frame uh, and not in my closet. Um, But to your point, if Austin Butler wins the Oscar, I will do a, an Oscars redux in costume. In costume. I don't have the sideburns yet. I got to get the sideburns. This is tough. Miracle girl. <laughs> I don't grow sideburns. <laughs> All right, get, they get
0: actually some, get, they have a sideburn. Get, get, they, have a sideburn on.
1: they have a sideburn maker you can get. You get a wig. You get a sideburn maker. You can do some, these days. You can get these sideburns from a specific period. You can say, I want the 1972 sideburns. Let's
0: go. Let's fucking go.
1: So by next Halloween, I will have every aspect right now. Sir, it's it's by Monday. <laughs> <that> <laughs> I better or get on it. Okay,
0: so, ball so ball
1: that ball scene ball ball right, ball right there where you saw those pictures up. Yeah. I just showed you. That not is not that. i play, We're the, play there. Uh, uh, the archival footage uh, when the plane I comes in the last Wayne scene. Like
0: so this is un- the last scene of Elvis movie.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. not from the plane itself, but it's of the crowd. That was from Elvis on tour in 1972 from Roanoke, Virginia. And mm-hmm. that's where my mom and my entire mom's out of the family. Shout
0: outs. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Mama. And this is what crushes uncle, me. This crushes Papa and everybody. So... When you look, when the camera looks away, it looks at all of these kind of transportation vehicles. Well, that was my family's business. Uh, they, my my great uncle, actually my great grandfather started Yellow Cab in Roanoke, Virginia, and um, so my great uh, my great uncle and my grandfather they took over the business and they built the business and then my uncles took it over when they passed. But they they had Yellow Cab and they had the Roanoke transportation airport transportation business. And they were the ones who picked up Elvis when he came to Roto in April '72. Have
0: any stories about him? They have any
1: stories about him? Do they they have any stories about him? Uh, my uncle Steve does. He he. They didn't meet him, but one of the drivers um, who was driving Elvis around, uh, you know, he he shook Elvis's hand and said, "I'm a, I'm you know, never his hands since I'm a great fan and uh, and he you know was treating him kind of elvis had this aura you know that's what said to him said look demigod and elvis kind of could feel that it was uncomfortable and he goes look i'm the same as you i put my my pants on one leg at a time just like you and that always kind of resonated with this particular guy he said it to and he told that to my uncles that story um cool but when they pulled it up in the movie i didn't actually pick up on it my uncle did in roanoke my uncle billy he uh he he was like that's us. That's us right there. Mm-hmm. So when he's getting into the plane and he looks out and he waves and it shows right there. everybody. No, 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 no. So you keep going when he gets on the plane,
0: actually. Right, I got you. I'll get you we'll get he, it in a minute.
1: And it looks up and he waves. That's all the Roanoke. That's in Roanoke, Virginia. That's the Roanoke Transportation really um, cool. fleet, if you will.
0: This um, messes with me because I think maybe it's me projecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think Elvis um, was a really good father or like had the potential, like I think real, I don't
1: know. He didn't really, he, he loved Lisa Marie. He adored her. He was a doting father. He was Uh, not too much of a disciplinarian. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But like, don't answer this question. You think he's a child. You think he's a child at heart, Elvis? Yeah. All right, and, then, he became, then, and he then, became, then, then he has the potential to be a good, a good father. Oh, oh, you know, no, I'm,
1: a, I'm not saying he was a bad father. If, if, I mean, if it's was,
0: like all, like the lights didn't cloud his, his things and everything like well, that, but like, that he has the innate potential. Not everyone has the innate yeah. potential. Like, well, some, people really like yeah. some people are really good at other things. Like some people are, but some people really good with kids. I feel like he would be really, he's he not not really good, but like probably good with kids.
1: He was great with kids, and he had a big heart. Yeah, so he that's was, huge.
0: He was a great father. Those yes. are those are prerequisites right there.
1: But the ironic thing about all this is, as older and as sick as he got, he almost reverted to to like a childlike state. When the peanut and jelly. When he was, was off stage, he would speak in baby talk. He would um, literally curl up and ask for company. The people living in his house to come. He was
0: finally like talk. getting to his to his true nature. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Sad. and it's like and it's really interesting yeah. oh, Daddy loves this is the most beautiful thing on, ever. um that he recorded um on J. melody like in his last year of life yeah.
1: oh yeah and the interesting thing is when he um mouths the words i will always love you to priscilla in this movie they actually cut out a part where he was telling Priscilla that he was about to record Dolly Parton's I Will Always Love You, which is true. He wanted to record it, and Look at him. any, defeat, any like the, song uh, that Elvis nose. recorded, the Colonel wanted half the publishing. Yeah, yeah. And Dolly Parton said, no, I'm not giving out the publishing," So on. he never recorded the song. Done. But, like, I,
0: this is, this is awesome.
1: This happened. She asked him to go to rehab multiple times. You said, "No, I got I can. I can handle this. I don't have a problem."
2: How
0: are you do? She low the fuck out of him.
1: She did, but she had to spread her wings. No pun intended. And fly, get out of there! I mean, he was just she couldn't reach him anymore. I can't, you can't keep up with him. He got, you can't keep he up. He got into his own. You know, How could he not? He he, he kind of had really a mess in like. Rest. uh... A god complex, That's almost true. to a certain extent, life when he got really, How can, know? How can know. all the adulation. Yeah, I'm gonna before show, should so. I? She was louder. And he did say that, but he did—he said it to and Kathy no Westmoreland. Um, not the forty bit, but. I never did anything lasting. This part, never done anything lasting. Nobody's gonna remember me.
2: I never made a
1: classic film. That i can be proud of. Gives a fuck about the <laughs> Kathy Westmoreland was a, a one of his backup singers that he had dated from time to time and when he didn't have a date on tour, he would have her come and stay with him because he didn't want to be alone. Yeah. Literally never wanted to be alone. And it wasn't a sexual He's thing from by that point. Company thing. Um, yeah, it's a company thing. And he told her that. And he also said asked her to wear white at his funeral. It was months before his oh, death. He knew? Change. He knew how sick he was. He knew he knew he was gonna die it's amazing I mean how sad is that (laughs) sad and
0: cool at the same time
1: yeah he was heartbroken when Priscilla left him she left him for another man she had taken up with this uh, is
0: truly like right before he dies right no. When, when she really left like no, the, that, no, that no.
1: conversation in the limousine no no so all of this is it's one of those Theatrical, artistic right? liberty things yeah, yeah. um, I'll always love you that outfit that that, that's true though i always love you, you. Yeah. he said that right that's true yeah. um, he didn't I mean who knows I don't know if he said it right there but they used it in the film originally because he was going to record that to all here we
0: go time. here we go like the wings thing I think
1: She left him in 72, twos five years before he died. But they never got back? No, but they were close. They talked a lot. That's that that's that, like, that right there. So turn around and when and he'll show you. And he turns and waves to everybody. He's waving the down right now. Now here, this, this wave it's going to turn around right here right for that's Rona that's our that's it's our car open. yep
0: yeah it's really cool special it's neat to have a connection um, uh, yeah, a yeah, personal yeah. connection to the a movie, real, a real figure. tangible
1: sort of thing yeah yeah oh. it's I mean it's something else I mean the, the whole you know, story is kind of just doesn't incredible doesn't have my um, legs
2: so I can't land on
1: the here you go I love yeah, this quote. yeah
2: there's his whole life on the way. It's tired, and just spreads it swings, and sleeps on the wind. If it ever does land, even but one time, my son dies. Good evening, Elvis Presley died today. He was 42, apparently it was a heart attack. He was found at his home in
1: Memphis. That's something. Yeah. And the way he died was just depressing. You
0: know? On the toilet or something?
1: Yeah. No.
0: How are you going to die, like, not depressingly? Like, yeah,
1: like, well, I know, but... But, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I mean...
0: She's, like, falling a sword. You die in battle or something. You know, but, no. Is, uh... All right, where's, where's, the, where's the um Unchained Melody? Is that coming up? Yeah,
1: killed.
0: All right. My boy... Tom Hanks, love you, but we're gonna keep two. going by you, buddy.
1: I'll just keep pressing the now you're now you're too far. Of course I am. I'll just keep pressing the ten back about ten spots. Okay,
2: fine, Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> How do
1: you like it so far?
0: He's so good, dude. He's so good. He's so That's real. What,
1: all of a sudden. Uh, How do you like it so far? So this is taken. This, <laughs> The footage that they actually have is taken from a CBS special that was filmed. Uh, I believe it was June like 19th or 20th, 77. Less than two months before he died. He was on his last tour. I think he had. They filmed it. It wasn't his last show. That's one of the liberties the movie takes. But it was one of his last few shows. I think it was his fifth to the last, fourth to last, whatever. Let's go. And they filmed two shows. Once, uh, one in um, Idaho, and then another one somewhere up there. And um, the first show, he was awful. And and CBS was like, "We can't use this footage. This is bad." And he knew that, and he and he said as much to his crew. And he said, Look, "The next show is going to be better." And the next show, he, he was much better. You can obviously see that it's not no. so he the same as he used to be. But this song, Unchained melody, melody, that he does right here, that Austin Butler starts out with.
2: Unchained um, Melody. On
0: an album called Unchained Melody.
2: Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. That was actually so <laughs> But that
1: night, He's funny. he sang, as he always did, with all his and this heart is from that show. and soul. That's How it.
0: you like
1: it so far? <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> he that had Grace's humor, right? He did. With and that's this version. He was life. on the piano alone, played it. Oh, my Lord, My oh, You watch the footage of him singing the actual I was singing the song, it's just like he has every fiber. He's so in the moment. You want to talk about life and try to be present and in the moment. You know, we all struggle with that. uh, With all the pressures of life and everything that happens. Yeah, yeah. And his ability to be there in that song in that moment he you was he was yeah, yeah and you see it it's literally so raw and laid to bear in this footage that it's it's, it's moving it's powerful
0: it's the most powerful
1: a big fat suit for this. I mean, that thing is I always think
0: he sang this song um, longing for uh, Priscilla in his past life. He the romantic in me.
1: Oh, he definitely sang it with somebody in bed. Like, like, Like
0: wanting his old life back. I've had enough Maybe I don't know Again oh, It's he, maybe he, my like he, Traumatic yeah, Take he, on it or whatever
2: I was a dreamer I read comic books God And damn. I was the hero Of the comic book
0: I saw movies Just And I was the hero the movie the GC's
1: and Thing I was talking about
0: So every dream That I ever dreamed Has come true A hundred times
1: He knew it was the He told He told people around yeah, Oh, yeah, it's like two box. Which it's is like incredible. If you know. see this footage of him from '77. You compare the five years earlier, six years earlier. This guy's a totally. I awful learned person. very
2: early
1: in life. Mind blowing.
2: Without a song, the day would never end. Without a song, a man ain't got a friend. Without without a song, the world would never bend. Without a song, so I'll keep singing a song. Two.
1: excited with that ending because he could never hit that high note and they used to have a guy named Cheryl Nielsen who was about that to oh, augment yeah. that high note and that night he didn't do it he sang it himself. he did it he
0: hit it Yeah, that's his last
1: concert uh, one of his last it wasn't his actual last concert we'll go one this, to go <laughs> <house>. <laughs> the Theatrics, sake artistic license yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. but yeah I mean, you just see the end of the movie, you know, what they say is, you know, the greatest selling solo artist of all time, all this stuff. You could, you can feel how this movie. You got to keep going. It. it has a love um, the, the,
0: for the, the The credits are incredible.
1: Yeah. It's, you can just feel that this movie was made with, with Elvis. Love letter. Yeah, he yeah, said. Yeah, room room. to him. With him in mind. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. The first time I saw it, uh, I was not blown away by the movie. I was blown away by Austin Butler's performance. I thought they needed to lean into it more. And Tom Hanks as the Colonel kind of bothered me because I thought it was distracting. Because you see Tom Hanks, and you're like, oh, it's Tom Hanks in a fat suit. But
0: like, it should, more, have, it should have been a lesser known
1: guy playing the, well, the Colonel, but but So, the so
0: take a. They didn't have the brand name. Let lend, lend the. The brand name for what? Austin Butler?
1: No, they, they, Austin Butler was an unknown. They, they, for this movie, which was, they put a lot of money in this movie, and the budget was crazy for this movie. They needed somebody with some brand name Gravitars. out there. Exactly. But as I kept kind of watching it, I mean, I've obviously seen it a few times. Um, the movie gets better and better for me um, when I pick up on little things, and, and the musical numbers especially, and... And Tom Hanks's well, fake Dutch accent, which the colonel did not have, isn't as bothersome. Um, but it, it's uh, it's an get entertaining out. movie.
0: You love the song.
1: That's a great song. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be on my on my Spotify playlist. You me, love the in the get out, though. I do. I do. I love a lot of the songs, but there there's some there are some ones in there that are, are just to say. something else. in the ghetto. There actually is a, a scene that just came out. I'll show it to you. It's uh, a outtake of the movie where Austin Butler actually sings this song himself. And they didn't put it in the movie. He's really good.
2: You never stood in that man's shoes or saw things through his eyes. I love this. Or stood and watched with helpless hands while the heart inside you died. He's with broken hearts. So help your brother along the way. No matter where he starts, but the same God that made you,
0: him too. made him
2: too. These men with broken hearts.
0: He would recite that in concert. Randomly, or before certain songs. Randomly. Good.
1: <laughs> Sometimes you Good. just <laughs> drop that in the middle of the set. Good.
0: <laughs> just want to let you know, <laughs> dude. I coach the cross, obviously.
1: <laughs> or In the yeah, middle, you, in you, middle you, of a
0: drill, I, I'll blow the whistle and be like, "Hey, you know what?"
1: Quote it. Drop it. No, 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 I, I
0: just say like, I, like try, try to drop light pearls.
1: Yeah. And I do. Well, obviously, anybody out there listening, I highly recommend watching a movie the movie before the
0: Oscars. If for nothing else,
1: seeing Austin, Austin Butler transform himself into car, somebody who run, probably will never ever get a better portrayal.
0: It's an Im- uh, image breaking or like mold breaking performance. Like, or like good luck. You know, Try to remake Braveheart. Well, it's, I mean,
1: you run the rest too as an actor, and I, I can't really speak to this, but i always been known as Elvis. You know, you, you do him that you
2: way.
1: Know,
0: it's like a character actor a cast. Uh,
1: well, Val Kilmer played Jim Morrison. That's a great portrayal. Yeah, he was known as Val Kilmer. I Jim
0: uh, a, a, ty- a type actor is that what they call called? Like, typecast. type cast type typecast. thank you type, typecast. like not right, fine um, yeah but it's even if yeah, if, if Al yeah. doesn't do anything else the rest of his, his career he's he's gonna be fine you know what I'm saying? he'll be
1: fine he's uh, he's right now filming Doom 2 he's, he's that's right he's in that there. he's in Doom that's right yeah, he's he's, uh, he's a big he's a big shot now <laughs> let's put him on the map there you go TCB taking care of business, as they say. Good soundtrack, too.
0: This question. is so Laz Bourbon.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. He, he, <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Broad Bourbon. I'm going to start calling him Laz Bourbon. Laz That's what she did. Paz
2: There you go. Never thought
0: I'd All right, let's wrap it. Love you, boy. Uh, you're going to come back next week and we're going to do a post. Oscar to celebrate. A little Redux, yeah, yeah. There's a lot, but we haven't gotten to. Yeah, all the rest of these
1: pages. <laughs> all the pages right there. Yeah. There's a lot. This is, a so, lot is this is Eminem. Yes, I think he's sampling oh,
0: dude, right, the term is called um, anachronistic, um, which means like taking something that is. From a different time and placing it into the time of a movie or whatever, mm-hmm. anachronistic. Yeah. Um, this is what we're doing right now. Yeah, this happens in the movie, and it certainly happens in uh, uh, Greg Gatsby when Jay Z's piped in. Yeah, when like Gats- the- the Gatsby the Gasby Jay Gatsby's is like driving. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's cool. Dude,
1: this has been—it's uh, a lot of fun. Pleasure's mine. I really enjoyed this. Pleasure's
0: mine. Brendan Martin is the man.
1: Usually people don't ask me to talk about Elvis. They usually tell me to stop talking about Elvis. Keep, keep talking. <laughs> well, it sounds like maybe fingers crossed we'll be doing again this this again soon. You, all right,
0: do you think you think um is he the favorite?
1: I think it's between uh, the three horse races between him, Brendan Fraser and Colin Farrell. Fuck. I think all right, first of all, I think
0: the, the, that I, Colin Farrell movie is not I don't like it. Did you watch, I you watch I it? I haven't seen it. Haven't in an inner niche, season. whatever. I watched it like one and a half times. It's it's a hard one to like totally grab onto.
1: I think uh, I was uh like, he, he
0: he's due for he's not he's okay actor. If you want he's my an an okay prediction,
1: actor. I think uh, Fraser Brendan Fraser. I mean,
0: no, he might Elvis it. is
1: not going to win Best Picture. It's not. No, uh, no, no, it no it it's not going to win Best Picture. But it'll win it'll win multiple costume awards, hair costume, whatever. And I think that's what awesome, we're going to cram- see. <laughs> Let's go. Dude, Brendan Fraser
0: but The Whale. I haven't seen it yet, but everyone's like, it's just like it a sentimental movie. story. I, so. um, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Butler deserves it.
1: You shall see. You shall see. It's been great, though.
2: So.